Good morning. I'm so glad you could be with me today in the Unfolding the Word ministry. If you've been with me for a while, you know we've been working our way through the book of Romans verse by verse. We're now in a segment of the book of Romans in the first chapter from verses 18 to 23 that are introducing, is really introducing us to the essence of human sin, why the gospel is necessary. Today I want to pick up our reading in verse 21 and go through 23 as we continue this unfolding process. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, and birds, and animals, and creeping things. We've been talking about the power of the gospel for salvation to all who believe, and that the power of the gospel is necessary because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that sin has created a separation between man and God. The God who is offering the gospel has sent his son into this world to die for our sin is a God who also holds us accountable for sin. That God whose love was shown by sending the Lord Jesus into this world is a God who is also just, also holy, also righteous. He can't stop being any of those things. They're all part of the essence, the nature of the God who is really there. And as a result, people once sinning and in rebellion against God, a God who is not only loving but holy and just and righteous, People are ending up separated from that God who is really there. And as Ephesians 2 may explain to us, that separation is a hopeless one unless God does something. And that's exactly what he has done. Well, starting in verse 18 up to the verses that we're looking at this morning, we've seen how all of mankind's sin is expressed in, in certain ways. All have been guilty of ungodliness meaning irreverence for God. They all break, all of us have broken the greatest of the commandments, which is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus made it plain that's the greatest of the commandments. And none of us has kept it. None of us have treated God that way. And therefore, we are all guilty of irreverence for God, ungodliness. Secondly, we found that we were all guilty of unrighteousness, definite, specific breaking of God's moral standards as he's written them on our heart and as he's revealed them in the scriptures. Yesterday, we were talking more about the fact that we are also all guilty of suppression. We ignore the intuitive knowledge God has built into our heart that he is real and he is there. And by that ignoring, as Psalm 14.1 says, we become fools because only a fool says in his heart there is no God. And we also ignore the witness of creation. It isn't that science forces us to do that, scientific research, scientific discovery. It's a presuppositional thing. We refuse to accept that there's a creator who has worked to create the world in which we find ourselves. And so we speculate on other things that could have caused it, things without a personal God in the picture. We ignore the intuitive knowledge of God, and we ignore the witness to God that he's left within the creation itself. 
Well, that brings us to our study today. I hope it's been helpful for you to see these things. Starting in verse 21 through verse 23, we are introduced to three main actions that fallen mankind and women take in relationship to God in this suppression of truth, in the irreverence toward God, and in the breaking of God's moral standards. Three steps. They begin this way. It says, verse 21, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Step number one, human beings reject God in this fashion. They determine not to honor him and certainly not to thank him. To honor God is to bow before God, to give him the proper place in our life. And to refuse to honor God is to refuse to bow before God and give him that rightful place. Men and women want to be in charge of their own lives. They don't want to live surrendered to the Lord. Isaiah 53, 6 describes the outcome of that. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone's gone to his own way rather than God's way. They all go their own way. Not only do they not want to honor God in the sense of bowing before him and letting him be the master of their life and going God's way, but they don't want to give thanks to God. They deny in their heart that he is actually the provider for the things in their lives. I was thinking of Deuteronomy chapter chapter 8 talking about this. Listen to these verses starting in verse 17. Beware lest you say in your heart, it's my power and the might of my hand that's gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today, you shall surely perish. Like the nations that God makes perish before you, so you shall perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord. (laughs) Saying, it is me who got this, rather than recognizing God's hand. So, Human beings determine not to honor God and determine not to thank God. Honoring God and thanking God force us into a place where we have to give conscious attention to the fact that he is really there. So that's part of the strategy. A second part of that strategy, he says, is that they became foolish, futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Rebel humanity, men and women, decide they're going to trust in their own thinking to find the answers to life, to make sense out of life, rather than accept the revelation from God that he's given in his scriptures about what life is all about. And the consequence of doing that, which is a sign of their sinful rebellion against God, is that they rely upon what the passage describes to us as futile thinking. And that futile thinking leads to darkened, foolish hearts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 puts it this way. Now, this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. How? In the futility of their thinking. In other words, being reliant upon what they as finite human beings can come up with to make sense out of the world in which they find themselves. Remember, they are trusting in that futile thinking finite limitation. And the consequence of it is darkened foolish hearts. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18 goes on and says, they are darkened in their understanding. 
resulting in being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to their hardness of heart. Rebel humanity, men and women, decide they're going to look to themselves, either within themselves or within the collective thinking that they can have as people, to find the answers to life. They rely on futile thinking that leads ultimately to darkened, foolish hearts. <laughs> what accountability is that? And God says, this is the second step. One, a determination. I will not honor God. I will not thank God. Number two, I will rely on my own mind, on the minds of other human beings to make sense out of life. And then the third aspect, he says, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Determining not to honor or thank God, determining to trust our own thinking instead of God's revealed truth, ends up putting us in a place where we make a determination to live our life worshiping false images of God. Idolatry in all of its forms. We exchange, as it puts it, the glory of the immortal God for something less than that. Idolatry is anything from a stone idol to an idealized philosophy that you believe is the answer to your life. Something you're looking to instead of the revealed God of the scriptures. All humanity in rebellion against God begins by determining not to honor God or thank God move forward into trusting in their own thinking to find answers to life, but always end up in idolatry. They have to worship something. They have to worship someone. And they begin to look to false understandings and false pictures. All forms of idolatry are defined as exchanging the glory of the immortal God for that which is less. All humanity is guilty of idolatry. Humanity's strategy to suppress the knowledge of God, to rebel against God, involves determining, first of all, not to honor God. Secondly, not to thank God for his rightful role in our life. Thirdly, determination to ignore what God has said and revealed. Instead, trust in our own thinking, which is futile and leads to darkness. And finally, to end up worshiping something else, exchanging the glory of the immortal God for something far less. Well, next time, starting in verse 24, God turns our attention to the sad results of all of that strategy. The rejection of God, the outcomes in our personal lives and in human society. Join me then, won't you, as we continue our study together. God bless.